0: We talking rom-com, we talking action, we talking drama and movie classics. Whatever you want, yo we have it, cause we talking movies on a podcast.
1: So I married a film critic,
0: so I married a film critic, so I married a film critic. Hey honey, I just wanna talk so about the movie, like casually, critic. you don't have to so bring up I Mary cinematography honestly let's just talk about like how the characters were fun
2: welcome to so i married a film critic i'm your co-host julia
0: and i'm barry the film critic how you doing everyone
2: so today we decided to show our five-year-old a movie that barry and i both grew up with flight of the navigator from 1986
1: David, what time did you enter the woods? Around 8 o'clock. Then what happened? Then I reached this cliff. It's transmitting in alpha waves with complex frequency patterns in them. I... I know I fell. It's 1986, man. Eight years since that night. This is totally rad. I mean, you're my big little brother.
2: I think should take a look at this. Where did this come from? From the mind of a 12-year-old boy?
1: He's hurt. He's calling me. His voice keeps calling. Saying something over and over and over. But I can't understand from him. I require to complete my mission. I have been sent from Phalan to borrow samples of light from different galaxies for study. On this planet, I chose you. Why me? Why not?
0: This is a special one for you because I know you said you used to watch it a lot all the time, which is cool because I think that's how a lot of people discovered it. Uh, I was just telling you before we started. I mean, this movie did not play in theaters, and I don't mean that literally. I mean, it, it totally tanked. And let me explain why really quick. So I'm sure most listening to this going, "Oh, Fly to the Navigator, that movie's awesome." Yeah, well, it opened up against Top Gun, Ferris Bueller, The Fly, Aliens. Uh, the Karate Kid Part Two and Crocodile Dundee. There was just there was no room for this movie. Oh, dang. It was an amazing summer. It was, <laughs> and I remember that summer well. But yeah, in Big Trouble in Little China, a lot of great movies. But um, yeah, I mean, this movie didn't have star power. This is back when Disney was like, what is this company? This is right before the resurgence of Little Mermaid and Roger Rabbit. So, you know, a live-action Disney sci-fi movie that was rated PG, starring no one you've heard of, didn't really anybody in the trailer they used to show all the time on the disney channel i remember watching the trailer and thinking that looked awesome and then like yourself when it came on video cassette i just devoured this i've never met anyone who doesn't love this movie but yeah this thing did not play in theaters
2: well when i was a kid i had we had these friends um my parents had these friends and so there were five kids total me and my brother and sister and then they had a boy and a girl. And this was the only movie we could all agree on, literally the only one, because it wasn't too girly, and it wasn't, like, it was still fun, but whenever we got together with this family, this was the choice.
0: That's funny, too, because watching it with you the the other day, I mean, I hadn't seen it in a few years, I mean, like yourself, I'm I'm a little overly familiar with it, but... Watching it with our five-year-old daughter, I'm going. Ooh, this isn't the most appropriate film. There's some things they say in this movie. I don't want my daughter this picking up. This movie
2: has now officially been canceled. Well, I don't
0: know about canceled, but I mean, there's you know, there's all sorts of inappropriate slurs that unfortunately were said a lot in the '80s uh, that should not be in a PG-rated Disney film. Or, I mean, they should have just rethought that altogether. They should have they should have dubbed that out of the movie.
2: Well, the only thing our daughter cares about is flying on a spacecraft with max the alien so she did not pick up that other stuff
0: yeah and, and you know and we should definitely get into the plot which i think was lost not only in her but as you and i both admitted it was kind of lost on us when we were kids too
2: honestly <laughs> watching it with her i thought oh that's why david is on the spacecraft yeah. i had no idea i've seen this movie over a dozen times well, so. let's get into it, yeah, because right. it is
0: convoluted, and I do think it does pose a problem. So yeah. let's let's talk about what this is about.
2: Okay, so this movie is about a 12-year-old named David. Who,
0: and who we should say it, he's 12 years old in 1978. That's, yeah. a, that's important.
2: 12 years old in 1978, and it opens up the, in the car with his family, and him and his little brother are, you know, nattering at each other. And the brother gets out of the car and goes off to play with his friends. So when David goes home, it's 4th of July. And the parents are like, go get your brother. He can't walk alone in the woods. And he's like, I don't want to get my brother. But he does anyway. So he takes his dog and they walk They walk across the train track. They go into like, I don't know where they are. <laughs> it's like this neighborhood has a forest in it. He's he, He's hearing things. The dog is kind of freaking out. And then he falls down this ravine, wakes up. And when he goes back home, His parents are gone. Somebody else lives in the house and he doesn't know why. And then we discover that it's eight years later and David is still 12. And now we have to figure out the mystery. Where was he for eight years?
0: Yeah, very good. Good, good, good recap. Um, Watching it the other day, I don't think the movie completely plays fair with it. In fact, I think the movie probably presents the idea that it's a dream sequence. Because when we, the way it's presented, he falls down the ravine. And then, uh, and then, like it cuts. It's like the same moment, but cut at a different angle. And he still has dirt and stuff all over him from falling down the ravine. Then he gets up, brushes himself off, and runs away. You know. And what we learn, of course, was that uh, he had been in the ravine, uh, retrieved by supernatural means and then returned it to that very spot
2: eight years later eight years
0: later so it doesn't make a lot of sense that uh i mean these the alien movies are very specific especially movies that came up subsequently like communion and fire in the sky where someone's abducted and you get a sense of like what's you know you could tell physically they've changed or whatever in this case i mean it's interesting that david looks exactly he's he's still a little boy but it looks you know there's no sense of of uh, of the abduction. I don't know. I, I I don't think the movie plays completely fair with the concept. It doesn't give us any indication. Um, and maybe that maybe the aliens are that good. Maybe it's just that good that Max we're not supposed to see. is that good. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then you bring up the really good point overall because we learned that he was abducted by aliens. Why? And, yeah, uh, why? Eight, well, eight years with this kid. And they're, they're, I mean, what are there's they
2: a, studying? a child.
0: Yeah. What what are they going to learn from a little boy who likes Pac-Man? No, Pac- this is before Pac-Man. This is a boy who loves Pong and Donnie and Marie and chips. What are they going to learn from this kid?
2: Yeah. You know what? We should back up to right. the opening scene. Thank you. Because, I was hoping you'd start there. Yeah. yeah. Because this, this scene always cracks us up. It's one of
0: the greatest openings in cinematic history, ladies and gentlemen. And my theory as to how it happened was I think the screenwriter was just like in a park one day. He's like, man, I got this great idea. I just don't know how to start my movie. Ladies and gentlemen, the 1978 World Frisbee Dog Tournament. Because that's what this. I mean, the movie opens up with this montage of dogs catching frisbees in their mouth in slow motion, and it's about a two and a half, three minute sequence, and yeah. it's glorious.
2: Yeah. Well, because the frisbee looks like a UFO. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Which yeah. is great. You know. And then there's another moment where a blimp kind of covers the sun, and you're like, what is it? Oh, it's a blimp. It's not a UFO. And, so later, they on, keep yeah, and later on, yeah. And later on, David us. sees a water tower. We think it's a UFO. Yeah. It's
0: these really great visual, you know, foreshadows. What's to come. But back to that opening, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, fan-freaking-tastic way because this is a, a live-action, you know, sci-fi PG-rated Disney film. What a better way to pull the kids in! And have a, a montage of dogs flying through the air, their little legs flying, their fur getting ruffled tongues in the wind, hanging out. tongues hanging out, catching these frisbees and then, then roaring back down to earth. Oh man, I could watch I mean this is this is pure cinema. I could watch this opening on a loop for, for a day. I love it. <laughs>
2: and you love the music.
0: Yeah, it's it's well it's Alan Silvestri. It's this is the guy who composed the music to Back to the Future. I mean, he's he's no you know he's no slouch, and this score isn't was done entirely on a synclavier. Um, uh, what do you call keyboard on a synthesizer? So this is a mm. synthesizer only score, and Very it's one of the 80s. yeah. But it freaking works. It's a really exciting score. I love the music to this movie, and I think I think uh, you know it's funny because you know Back to the Future is you know it's so orchestral, and this is the complete opposite. How
2: does it go, babe? Which what Back to the Future? No, this one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's good, that's good. No 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 bo
2: oh man okay so yes our daughter loved that opening and uh, then we get to the <laughs>
0: <laughs> I figured it, it, if nothing else she'll like the opening we'll have to watch the opening again again. but no she yeah. actually liked the movie which is cool but, but let's get back to the story so
2: okay so David goes um, a nice couple calls the cops and the couple that's living in his in house, his house yeah, 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 which is a very yeah. eerie scene it I is say. really weird yeah um, and they find you know a missing child, person yeah from 1978 and they're like look at the date and he's like maybe it's a typo you know so they they take david to his family's current house which is still in fort lauderdale and he sees his parents and i gotta say (laughs) they make his parents look terrible eight years later yeah and I got to say that
0: that I really I found that really haunting actually. They yeah. I mean the, the years have been hell for them. Yeah. You know, losing even though even though they didn't leave Florida and they still have a house by the water whatever but you know, they moved down the street that's how they've <laughs> coped. But uh, no, in all seriousness like it's Cliff D. Young who's a character actor and Veronica Cartwright who most people know from Alien and the Witches of Eastwood. Tr- both both are terrific character actors and um you it, know, it, it being grown up now, this scene really bothers me because, like, you could see, like, I mean, th- this—they're losing their kid has shattered this couple. Yeah. And uh, the makeup is subtle, but as you said, like, I mean, they're—they're they're good looking, a good looking '80s, you know, couple. Yeah, like, so, in the, yeah, yeah, you know, so, eight
2: years earlier when we see them, they're yeah. like in their '80s clothes. Yeah, and they their they got their, got like they nice they got hair their '80s hair. And yeah, they're the very frilly '80s you hair. You know, the mom's all made up. I mean, you see her, you see them, and I mean, the dad looks like they look terrible. He's got like gray makeup on or something yeah yeah the life has been sucked out of them it's really sad it
0: is the middle of the night but you know i mean were they just going to sleep or
2: i don't know but this is just
0: how they look they look bad (laughs) (laughs) And i mean that's the point the movie's trying to convey too and it it completely works and it and it gets creepier too i mean you see you know david has uh, a little brother who's now his older brother um very well played by matt adler who later become the star of of north shore um i like this whole dynamic this part of the movie i think really really works um
2: yeah the brothers is yeah they could have done more with that but his his brother's not in it very long
0: yeah which is fine i mean it's not it's not really their movie but i think they they do what they can to make all that all the the side characters work but yeah this part of the movie i mean it reminds me of like the 80s uh the new twilight zone series it i think it you know even like it's something like amazing stories um again to use that word eerie it's it's very creepy and i think you know it's light sci-fi but i think it's it's really it's still really good and intriguing sci-fi i like the first act of this movie a lot
2: so they take david to a hospital and they're trying to figure out where has he been what's what's what happened to him and his brain just sort of he they have him hooked up to like electrodes and his brain just like spits out a picture of the spacecraft. Yeah, this is
0: after he's agreed to go to the Institute, No, 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 right? before. This is before that? Okay. Yeah, yeah,
2: because they they find, then, you know, there's a scene of NASA finding this spacecraft, yeah. you know, and yeah. then... Um, and NASA at- is
0: led, pardon me, I'm sorry to interrupt. NASA is led by Howard Hessman, the, the former star of Head of the Class, is playing yeah. this, you know, he's not really a villain, um, oddly enough, he's more like Keys from E.T. He's kind of like this this corporate guy who's like trying to
2: trying no. to help. Try, trying yeah, to he's actually out.
0: not a bad guy altogether, even though he's just doing his job. But yeah, very much like Keys, And they even make an E.T. reference later in the movie, which we'll get to. Yeah. But yeah.
2: So he gets in touch with that guy because of this, you know, image that a computer prints out. And they're like, where's that from? Like, David's brain, you know. And so what's his face? NASA guy. Howard Hessman. Yeah. yeah. He, he talks to the family, and he's like, I just need two days, like... You know, let's find out where you were. You know, the family's like, no, we don't want him to be an experiment, but he finally agrees. Okay, it's only forty-eight hours. I'll go to NASA, and you can run these tests. So they take him, and he's like locked in a room with all these toys. He's like, wow, is this all this stuff for me? <laughs> and, um so. And that's when we meet um, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, this is
0: Square Pigs era Sarah Jessica Parker, straight off the, the set of Girls Just Want to Have Fun the Movie, Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, adorable.
2: And she's like an intern at NASA <laughs> delivering meals. Part of through. Get
1: away! Hi, I'm Carolyn McAdams. You gotta be real hungry after your trip, right? What is this thing? That's Ralph. Ralph? Mm-hmm. Robotic assistant labor facilitator. Actually, what he does here is he delivers mail and supplies, and he messes up a little bit every now and then. So... Who did you murder to get put here maximum security? No one. I'm a national security secret. Oh. Well, in that case, I shouldn't be talking to you at all. Wait a sec. Um, uh, how come Starsky and Hutch isn't on? That show was canceled a long time ago. That was my favorite show. What's this stuff? You've never seen a music video before? Uh Uh-uh. I've been gone for eight years. Gone where? Outer space?
0: could be. Yeah, for the the character doesn't make any sense. And two, I think she's in this movie because I think they're like, we gotta have teen appeal. We gotta have something to appeal to teens because this is either like old people or young people. We got nothing in between. So I think Sarah Jessica Parker, I think her character was concocted just to like get the MTV, you yeah. Know. Not only that, I mean, they literally introduce MTV. They
2: do, because he doesn't know what a music video is, you know, and he's been gone so long. Oh, no, he doesn't know what a music video is.
0: What a radical concept.
2: <laughs> but um, Sarah Jessica Parker's character rolls in with this robot named Ralph.
0: Because Rocky IV came out the prior year, so, like, robots in American movies is the thing. This is the same summer, by the way, Short Circuit, so, like, we were robot crazy at this time.
2: Yeah, so Ralph delivers... One tray of food. It's like Sarah Jessica Parker can't carry one tray of food to one person.
0: Sweetie, it's NASA. It's all high tech over there. I
2: guess, and, so. and she's
0: been hired to keep an eye on this
2: robot, <laughs> so that <laughs> it doesn't,
0: you know, like 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 the Terminator just start killing people or go rogue.
2: Yeah. So, anyways, they start running tests on David and it you know the guy asked him questions and david's like i don't know oh uh, you know he's he's real belligerent and his brain is answering the yeah questions his four. brain is answering the questions and so we find out that he's been on Phalon, this <laughs> mythical planet that's not even in our solar system and his brain is full of star charts and they're charts that Apparently, like of galaxies that NASA doesn't even know about yet. Yeah. So that's a mystery. Why does he have all these star charts in his brain? And where's, and they so they figure out that he could have been gone from Earth for, you know, four hours. But because he was traveling past the speed of light, it was eight years. Yeah. Okay. So there's the science, I guess, for you.
0: Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't think Neil deGrasse Tyson would... I don't think this movie really holds up, but anyway.
2: Yeah, so he David's getting sick of being there. And he's like, oh, man, I'm so glad I get to go home tomorrow. And Sarah Jessica Parker is dropping off another meal. And she's like, they told you you're leaving tomorrow? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, oh, I don't know if I can tell you. Tell me. You're on the meal schedule for the next week.
0: Yeah, she cracks really yeah, easily. She, she's not a good NASA employee. She's not. She's terrible.
2: <laughs> so he... He's like, you got to help me. Like, you got to get in touch with my parents. You got to tell them what's going on, you know, because all of his phone calls are monitored. And so I don't know what he did. T- does he take a nap? And then the alien is like <laughs> talking to him in his mind? Yeah. Yeah. So he wakes <laughs> yeah. up and, and it's just like garbly goop talking yeah. to him. Right. And then Ralph comes. And, yeah, the
0: Skynet robot comes. Yeah, and, like and the
2: alien gets says, him out of get there. inside of Ralph. And... <laughs> Yeah, the, the guys and the security. NASA security is terrible in this film. They don't know what they're doing. And so he takes Ralph and Ralph takes him to the spaceship.
0: Yeah, this was a rough year for NASA in the cinema because the other film that came out this year that was NASA involved, had NASA involvement was Space Camp. You know, which is an infamous film because it came on not long after the Challenger disaster. So yeah, this is not a good look for NASA that they've got the world's worst security NASA look like morons, idiots. total morons. <laughs> and you know, and by the way, they hire this girl who's been hired, Sarah Jessica Parker, to keep an eye on a kid who's abducted by aliens and has been well, missing. No, for
2: she's not hired to keep keep.
0: All right, but she's but still but still she 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 communicates with him. She, you know, uh, she's clearly been told like okay, you can talk to the kid and you got to feed the kid and you got to keep an eye on him and just like, you know, make sure he's okay. I mean, like she's been given a big responsibility to be with this kid who's like
2: I think you're projecting more than I think all she's really supposed to do is deliver his meals. But no, it's, it's more than that. She's
0: not the, like a janitor or anything. I mean, it, it, she's not a nurse. Okay, I agree. Yeah, she's not a nurse. She's not a janitor. She's something in between, though. I mean, there's a lot of responsibility to this, to this job. And she's treating it like she's, you know, working at the Dairy Queen, you know? <laughs> like, this is the wrong person for this job. I mean, they should get someone who, like... Okay, like this kid, okay, this kid has been like has been abducted by aliens, so like make no sudden moves around him. Don't show him MTV. We <laughs> don't know if this kid has antennae or telekinesis or whatever. No, she's just like, "Oh my god, like you haven't seen an MTV video? She's I'll like, show you." Have
2: you ever heard of Twisted Sister? Oh, oh my god. That's amazing. You would love Twisted Sister.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is like the wrong person to be like an ambassador to a kid who might be an alien. We don't know. Like clearly NASA is not taking this kid all that seriously no. until yeah. it's too late
2: well so they do have a really uncomfortable moment yeah when do. when david is telling her like you have to help me you know and and she looks at him and just kind of gives him a wink and then she's leaving the room and she's like you know you're kind of cute and i'm like how old is she <laughs> It's so weird. I wonder if the screenwriter
0: was like, you know, this movie needs a love story, but we don't have really time for it, so I'm just going to squeeze that in there. Yeah. And I thought they were going to make it that she was the girl that he had a crush on earlier in the film. It's not, but oh, like... that would
2: have been better. That would have made
0: sense. Yeah, yeah that would have made some kind of sense that she grew up to be... Because it's established early in the film that he David... He has a crush, and crushing he doesn't a girl, know how to talk to girls. He's watching this girl through his telescope like a creeper, and his dad's like, way to go, son. <laughs> but then, you know... It would made it would have made a lot of sense if she was that girl, obviously. Because then she could have been like, hey, I had a thing for you when you were still looking exactly the way you do now. So that moment oh, would have made sense. That would have made Instead, sense. Instead, it's Sarah Jessica Parker who, you know, lovely, clearly too old for this kid by a decade, um, being yeah, flirtatious. Yeah, she's obviously
2: it's, in her early 20s in this movie. And yeah. he's 12.
0: Yeah, it's, you know. And this isn't a thing like, oh, it was the 80s. No, this was not appropriate in the 80s. As someone who lived in the 80s, no, no, we we didn't think this was cool back then.
2: Yeah, it was bad. But anyways, yes. the, but it's funny because his dad, <laughs> back when he was, you know, before he was abducted, he's like, Dad, I don't know how to talk to girls. And his dad's like, well, you just have to try. Like, hey, how's it going? Nice bike.
0: <laughs> Which is super creepy to hear a grown man say, by the way.
2: <laughs> anyways... Um, Okay, so David gets... Finally, he gets out out of Ralph and he sees the spaceship. And this is when the spaceship opens up for the first time. Yeah. We see that it has, like, magical stairs. And he climbs in because he's like, are you the one who's been... Um, are you the one who's been talking to me? And the spaceship is like, yes. So... <laughs>
0: has this ominous voice, has this eyeball that can extend throughout the ship. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So he climbs in and then the amazing security guards are like, oh my gosh, it's open.
0: (laughs) It's been open for like an hour. We haven't even noticed. Yeah. Morons. I've just
2: been reading my book, you know, because nothing ever happens around here. Yeah. So then the spaceship, you know, there's a sequence where they're trying to get him out, they can't get him out, they decide to he's like get us out of here, take us 20 miles away. He-
0: and this is by the way where the profanity really takes off. it's most of it's Howard Hessman. he's just walking in like forgetting that he's in a Disney movie, just lets the profanities fly. And you know, it's not it's nothing of like the F-word caliber, but still like the movie waited till this moment to suddenly
2: like let the let the profanity slip and it's it's a mistake. Yeah. So the spaceship just takes David up into space, and he's like, "I didn't mean, you know, twenty miles up, you know." So he's trying to like figure out where what to do because he obviously doesn't want to stay at NASA and be a um, specimen. Yeah, specimen.
0: But also, uh, the the alien that's piloting the ship is belligerent. So initially, it's like a like a bratty brother relationship between David and the and he, Maximilian
2: and Max. Yeah, because he's like compliance you're the navigator and he david's like what the heck are you talking about so yeah he doesn't explain anything to him which is probably an annoying trait of aliens i don't know
0: But in any case he learns to pilot the ship uh very quickly he's a quick study
2: yeah and this is well, of- he was falling to his death, to be fair. This That's is true, how yeah. he learned. Learned yeah. under
0: pressure. Yeah. And this is the part of the movie that everyone knows and loves and remembers well. I mean, and as a kid, for me, this is where the movie started. Yeah. This is um, the
2: whole thing. You know, he david flying around space in going in the ocean basically he goes around the world he does
0: yeah i mean they've been threatening to remake this movie for a long time they haven't yet although they always announce every couple of years that they're going to remake this i suspect when they get around to remaking it because they will they'll probably get to this part of the story a lot quicker because the the beginning of the film um even though i i like it a lot i think it's actually much stronger than the second act of the movie um it does take a long time to, to really get to what this movie is because it is about this kid who learns to fly the spaceship, learns to, you know, master alien technology. And, Be
2: friends in aliens.
0: Yeah, just like have this incredible experience that his earthbound life did not provide him. Um... So yeah, it takes a while to get to that. Um, and I don't think it's to the movie's detriment. I think the movie is really good because I think, thank goodness, it has that first act, which is really well constructed because this second act leading into the third act, it's it's a lot of fun. At times it's really exhilarating, but it's it's silly. It's a children's film. This is where it becomes not, not like the brainiest of sci-fi movies. In fact, it has all sorts of... It plays really fast and loose with the science.
2: Yeah, so what I never really maybe I just didn't care about why David was abducted yeah. but apparently this Max character is going around galaxies and taking specimens and ba- and then taking them back to his planet and they're studying them and then they take them back in time to the point of origin, like they never left.
0: It's a lot of trouble. I mean, if this movie was grittier, they would just admit that they they take them to their planets and then they kill them when they're done. Like the whole thing of like having to bring them back and use time travel. It's a lot yeah. of yeah. Because
2: when you see the other specimens, you're like, they're not gonna know they were gone for any period of time. This is like the
0: <laughs> equivalent of a mosquito on another planet. But that's just, I mean, I'm just assuming. For all I know, like these little slugs, or like the little the little puck Martin and all those the other characters. I mean, they—they they seem, but you know, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm just thinking about this in really small ways as a human. Maybe there is a planet of these,
2: yeah, disgusting maybe bizarre creatures. Maybe their brains are more powerful than ours, and yeah. they do remember, and their families are gone, and they're devastated.
0: Although I doubt it, because one of the creatures—I mean, he's introduced by eating David's hat. That's like well, his thing. Yeah, he eats his hat, and then there's this thing that looks like a loogie that's that has a cold. <laughs> And then we meet the Puck Martin who looks like a little bad. And he's like, ah, blah, 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 blah. super, super cute. But like, I mean, that's, that's the extent of the character. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So he just says, why me? Why did you take me? And he's like, why not you? It's so. It...
0: It's the screenwriter going, don't ask. Just do yeah. cool stuff. Yeah.
2: Just do cool stuff. And so I think they, the thing is that the aliens were puzzled by is why we only use 10% of our brain. So they basically filled up David's brain with all the star charts and then they said that it leaked, which I don't know what that means. Does he have like have some brain hemorrhage or something that they had to fix? Who knows? So then uh, Max crashes into an electric pole and yep. loses all of his star charts so he yes. can't go back to his planet. And that's why he needs David. Again, and right. that took me, you guys, that took me like 30 years to figure
0: out. It's a messy bit of, I mean, it's just... Just like whatever, make the alien miss the kid. Like, come back. You are fun. Like, what, Just make it easier. It's it's a lot more complicated than it needs yeah, to like be. Yeah, like star
2: charts and all this stuff. And then so then he he gets the star charts out of David's head. It takes like two seconds. And
0: yeah, that's the thing. That should that should be a bigger that should be a, a bigger obstacle to overcome. And the same thing we'll get to it. But like, there's a bit of time travel that happens later, and it's it's too dangerous. And they wind up doing it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like there's there's a lot of stuff in this movie. It just you know, it, it's very... It's for the convenience of the story. It doesn't really make a... Not, not only does it not make any sense, but it's its clearly like, okay, like, we need this to make this happen as opposed to something that feels natural to the plot.
2: Right. So they they basically are flying around and... NASA's Doing all kinds trying, of adventures. Yeah, NASA's trying to get to them and... and- Thing I noticed about the NASA guy who I can't, I keep forgetting. It's okay, Howard Hessman from yeah. Head of the Class. <laughs> he he keeps giving all these commands like, "Don't let them leave!" and "Stop them!" Stop them! Yeah, yeah. how
0: with the yeah. helicopter? I yeah. know,
2: and the guys like, "Stop them!" I can't even see them. I mean, they were supplying way faster in an alien spaceship, so it's a lot of just "Oh no!" uh kind of moments.
0: Yeah, and, and I got to say, like, it's all it's all great. I mean, the the special effects look fantastic. Does the ship? has you know this silvery uh you know it it has this way of reflecting surfaces and it's really beautifully done the flying footage in this movie is fantastic i've always i mean next to the superman movies of this era i've always loved the flying scenes of this movie they're great Yeah,
2: nothing looks fake or i mean
0: whatever if you really look at it there's a couple shots but i mean for a movie that has very little cgi and you know cgi in its infancy i mean like tron level cgi that's
2: probably cgi is the opening and closing of the door, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, the the open and close of the door. There's a few scenes of the ship in the distance where you can kind of tell it's a matte painting, but still, like, it, it looks really good. I mean, the, the effects hold up really good. Um... Yeah, this whole scene, all this stuff is fun. Especially when, of course, the uh, Maximilian's voice goes up a few octaves, and we realize, oh, it's been Pee Wee Herman this whole time. It's Paul Rubens, uh, uncredited as Paul Mall, doing the voice of Maximilian.
2: Yeah, Paul Mall. When I Maul. saw the credits, I yeah. was so confused. Yeah, That's I, I don't know Paul why Paul he didn't.
0: Rubens? Yeah, it's Paul Rubens. I don't know why he didn't want to take credit for it. But yeah, it's him. And he wound up working with Disney after this. He was a voice on Star Tours for years.
1: That's it. That's it, Davy. Davy. If you want to learn to swim, you've got to jump in the water. Don't forget to feed Bruiser. To all these Patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, sesame seeds, bun. Whoa! <laughs> this can't be happening. I think I've gotten some stuff out of your head that has nothing to do with navigating this ship. You sound just like a human. No! That dumb dog will never learn to catch a frisbee. You are an inferior species, you dumb dork. Butt face. Gus bucket. <laughs> hey! Well, if you're so perfect, what are you still doing here? I told you, I blew a fuse when I totaled out that electrical tower. I was checking out some daisies. Crash while looking at flowers? Ha! Sounds like you're the inferior species. I'll show you who's inferior. Heads up! Hey, take it easy! Well, excuse me!
0: Yeah, I don't know why he went in credit. Maybe, maybe people thought, like, oh, like if we have him in the credits, I mean, he's the biggest name in this movie. We can't have Pee-wee Herman in... Flight of the Navigator (laughs) because he's the biggest star in this thing by far.
2: So, yeah, that voice, the the ha-ha voice comes out when the star charts are taken from his brain. So he basically downloads all this, you know, pop culture references. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and this is, I mean, a year before there was a movie called Explorers, which I love with uh, River Phoenix and Ethan Ethan Hawke. It's a similar idea where you have an alien race that absorbs television and they're kind of talking to these kids – in a way that's like reflecting of all the things that are on TV. And, you know, it, it, it whatever, it works. It's, it allows for a lot of like very low, lowbrow juvenile humor. It's, it's fine, but like, again, th- this film begins as like this bleak child's nightmare. And by the second act of the movie, it's like, wee, spaceship, you know? And that's, fi- you know, fine. That's fine. Because if, if that part of the film wasn't well done, then it would just be all for naught. But I mean, it's, again, as a special effects film and as a, as a comedy, it's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. So I think the the ET reference you're talking about is so David he- they have star charts of galaxies that have not been discovered yet, but they don't know how to get back to Fort Lauderdale. They don't have
0: a map of the United States. It's so dumb, but whatever. So, so
2: they stop. They stop in Texas at a
0: tourist trap. Yeah, at a tourist yeah.
2: trap, like at a gas station. It's a
0: good bit of satire. Yeah. Yeah. And,
2: and, the, and yeah,
0: the guy running it. I mean, looks like one of the guys from Deliverance. Is this big dude with overalls, slack jawed, and he,
2: you know, his shirt is too small. Yeah. 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 And David's like, can I? Borrow some change, and you know. I
0: love it. Gives him some quarters. The kid the, does not stop looking at the alien because he yeah. just saw the thing land. Yeah. And then, a nice, I gotta say, a nice bit of satire. This this really tacky tourism uh, van of tourists. Uh just oh, a
2: family. It's the
0: family of tourists. They they come up and they don't realize that the alien is not like this thing that was concocted for the tourist trap. It's actually like,
2: Wow. How how long did it take you to like put that together?
0: Yeah, it's good stuff. And he's telling the kids, don't play with that. We don't know if those things are insured. Yeah, it's it's yeah. nice. Yeah.
2: Well, so David calls his brother and he says, hey, I'm coming home. Just make sure it's going to be dark. Make sure I can see you. Yeah, give me you a know. signal. Give me cause a signal. I, yeah, because I don't he, really know my way around Florida. Candy. He buys some candy. hold on. The, oh.
0: the, this is the detail you 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 pointed out, which I thought was great, where the where the brother's like, don't worry. If I got to set house to the fire, I will. I'm like, okay.
2: Set fire to the house. Set
0: fire to the house, yeah, which is a kind of ext- But at the same time, you're thinking, is he going to do it? Because mm-hmm. that's... I mean, how how resourceful is is this teen boy in 1986?
2: Who knows? But then, so the the guy is staring at him, and Max pops his head out, and he totally makes this like really mean fat joke. Yeah, it's
0: it's again. Not only is this movie full of slurs and profanity, but yeah, fat shaming in 1986 because yeah. that's that's what you did in 1986, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Unfortunately, so
2: then David gets in the spaceship. He's like, "Bye, thanks." <laughs> they fly off.
0: And the redneck who runs the place goes, He wanted a phone home
2: <laughs> It's just
0: I'm Like, Okay. Yeah Cute okay. Disney.
2: Okay. Anyways, yeah. So the rest of the movie is just David trying to find Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> basically. And um, his- and it's engaging. It's engaging enough that I mean the
0: the you know the interplay. Got to say that this actor Joey Kramer I think does a fine job. It's a very good child, very good child performance. He he more than carries the film. He's very engaging and plucky, and and he's up to all the emotional demands because most of the movie is him having a back and forth with this with this puppet. Lots of puppets for lots that matter. And he's very good at it. Um, it's not one of the great child performances, but he's he's more than up to this movie we i know you're not a fan of david mendenhall the star of over the top this is a much better performance yeah than
2: that. i think this guy could have played the son in over the top much better
0: well you know i mean the kid in over the top does a decent job and his co-star is stallone and the kid in this movie is his co-stars are you know rod puppets and you know little animatronics and he's doing a much better yeah. job yeah he does he does a great job and um you know the, the the cringy corny part of the movie which i thought was awesome as when i was a kid is when the kid uh gets maximilian to play the beach boys so he's flying around playing list along to beach boys music whatever it's, it's it's cheese but hey at least it's the beach boys and it's not you know twisted sister <laughs> the movie threatens us with twisted sister they really do does not us does not pay twisted off with twisted sister. sister although i mean you know it would have been fun to you know have him fly around to like you know we're not going to take it anymore <laughs> 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 okay so
2: they finally get to fort lauderdale and he's like where's the signal and his brother sets off fireworks, sets off fireworks. Yeah, so that was,
0: disappointingly does not does burn not down the house set the
2: house on fire so it's like yeah. how, how
0: dark is this movie gonna get oh not at all
2: yeah and so i think david just thinks he's gonna hop off this spacecraft and like just go back and live with his family Fine, thanks max yeah and yeah. and nasa's not gonna like come around again
0: i wonder whatever <laughs> happened to that kid
2: But they they find out, you know, that Sarah Jessica Parker's character has talked to the family, and they're...
0: Ooh, could we pause for a sec? I mean, there's... uh, Not literally. I mean, uh, uh, there's a moment we almost forgot where they think they're going to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and it's Tokyo, Japan. And the movie manages to to squeeze in uh, some really unfortunate... Some stereotypical... Some, some, yeah, some Asian stereotypes. stereotypes, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Asian people apparently only have cameras in these movies because it's the 80s. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so, so that's anyway, like the one thing about
0: another thing about this movie that uh, does well, not does not hold up. But they whatever. use
2: you know they use the word retarded. They say yes, things. they do. Yeah, yeah. They they say things multiple times. I think yesterday I said, oh, canceled again. <laughs> because it's,
0: yeah. Next time I watch this with be I think I'll have uh, the audio on mute during a few scenes. But yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. So David gets off the spacecraft and. NASA's there. And they're like, you know, we we have to keep doing our (laughs) experiments on you. And he's like, leave me alone. (laughs) And he's like, I just want to be with my family. And I think at that moment, he just says, you know what, forget it. I'm going back in time. Max can do this. I don't care if my brain is fried. I can't live here in this alternate reality it's a
0: weird decision to make it doesn't quite hold up to me i mean he makes it home his parents and his brother are right there but it's like i'd rather i'd rather die than live in any world where i can be again with my family i don't know i don't know if that really holds up all that well and plus he's got Sarah jessica parker waiting for him so it's like he he doesn't have it all bad
2: well but i think he's he's like oh i'm they're gonna want to take me back to you know their
0: Yeah, he's gonna be like yeah, he's gonna be like Elliot at the end of ET. He's gonna have all those things. Whereas if he goes back in time,
2: then this version of history never happened.
0: But at this point, it's been established twice that if you go back in time, you'll be vaporized. (laughs) It's a disaster. You're going to die. The odds are completely against you. Right. Yeah, and of course, and then he does it. And And then he gets in there. No big deal.
2: Yeah. And Max is like, are you sure? I mean, and then when he goes back in time, I don't know what, there's like some lightning bolts and that's it. It's,
0: you know, and I guess visually (laughs) striking, really cool that he's traveling through the time dimension. But here's the thing, folks. Like, if you're going to make the stakes that high, this movie should have had the guts to have David go back.
2: And die. No, just kidding.
0: Wow. No. <laughs> Much darker. No. I was going to say, like, no, he just, he has, he has amnesia. Oh. He just wakes up in the woods and he doesn't know which way is up. Yeah. Go that far. Okay. But in this case, it's like nothing. He wakes nothing. up.
2: He remembers. It's like, oh,
0: well, and just kind of brushes himself off. Yeah, and, he
2: remembers everything. He has the little, like, Puck marin with him. Yes. That, like, his new little pet. Yes. Because it's established that his planet yeah, was Yeah, we'll vaporized. get to the
0: Puckmare in a second. But no, yeah, we yeah, don't
2: need to get to it. That's all there is to it. It doesn't well, even matter. Well,
0: he takes out the Puckmare and shows his little brother, and he's like, shh, don't tell mom. And the Puck like, and it's ridiculous, because it's like, okay, he has this alien species on Earth that'll probably like you know, I mean, we don't know if this thing is carrying, you know, diseases. Well,
2: that's true. Diseases maybe, it, or maybe it starts the next pandemic.
0: Hungers on human flesh. We don't know. It's just, he's adorable. So it's like,
2: oh, little Puckmare. He's like. <laughs> you know, it's a gremlin. We, yeah. we don't know (laughs) he feeds him after midnight
0: but to your to your point yeah so i mean he just he just gets up brushes himself off runs to the house and now they're all in the the boat like david it's Fourth of july and they all got sparklers and there's a there's a weird bit of dialogue where she's like where the dad's like don't put that towards the dog (laughs) ha ha
2: ha yeah, the sparklers. I know. Yeah, so, like But David, he looks at parents. his mom. He's like, I love you, mom. And the mom's like, Oh And then he looks at his brother. He's like, I love you. And the parents are like, what? What is wrong with this child? What is happening? And then, you know, you see Max light up the sky and like a shooting star. And he <laughs> yeah. flies off. And then yeah. and then once again, the Alan
0: Silvestri music kicks in. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's a happy ending. And, I you know, looking at it, I think did... Disney look at Back to the Future and say, like, we got to do our version of Back to the Future. Because that's, I mean, even though this isn't about the 50s, it is about, you know, barely about the culture gap between the 70s and the 80s. Barely. It barely touches on that. The clothes are different. MTV is a thing. And that's really it. Otherwise, like, it's... I mean,
2: eight years. Like, why did they pick eight years? Well, I mean,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, it would have been more expensive, too. It'd be more expensive to go back further. And also, um, the MTV video that they show is an obscure band. It's not like they're showing like Michael Jackson's Thriller. Oh, okay. It's it's these guys who are known because their video is in this movie. It's not like, you know, showing
2: Yeah, probably 8 years yeah. was long enough to traumatize the parents just enough to have <laughs> them not enough. die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, I love this movie. <laughs> I really do. I think yeah. it's fun. I think watching it now as a parent um, you know, yeah, we saw some things. We thought, oh, that's a little questionable.
0: It's like a lot of 80s movies that are PG, that were family-based. They're just, you know, I just remember being a kid and saying all sorts of inappropriate things when my parents were not around. Um, thankfully, I'm not that person anymore. But at the same time, I do recognize just like, you know, not not only have we progressed as a society and there's things that we just don't say, but it's it is odd that these movies have these these elements like it's one thing for kids to smoke in a movie and i know that's like a major taboo but i mean i get that when kids are alone they smoke but for this movie to be you know because this is again this is the disney company for them to be very calculated about what this film is and to have these moments that should have like set off some red flags you know because this does i mean was the you know maybe the profanity was in there because it's like we needed to be pg this can't be rated g is that why the profanity is in there because they needed something to make it Grittier. a little edgier. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I do think this movie pulls its punches in the third act. I, I do think that for all the stuff in the first act of the movie, which I wouldn't call it dark, but it's creepy. And in a way that's really accessible and interesting, and you know, for for kids, I imagine it's especially. I mean, it's a, what a creepy idea to go to your home and suddenly years have passed. There's mm-hmm. people living in your home. Yeah. That weird reveal where where David runs into his house, runs upstairs, goes up to his room, and not only is there a man in a robe sitting on his bed, but he's like listening to like some weird like, <laughs> some some really bad like. Uh, like Copacabana music it's 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 great cuz it's it's creepy it's everyone's worst fear this sense of like displacement and yeah. my family's gone um, and i don't think the movie i it it does feel like two very different well, films well disney
2: loves to get rid of parents yeah. and put kids on you know, terrifying journeys. Yeah,
0: and the reason why, I mean, it's the most traumatic thing a child could have have to deal with, arguably. Um, So that's why, you know, so many movies ranging from Bambi to The Good Dinosaur are are about this very thing. And obviously, I mean, I want this movie to have a happy ending. I mean, I I like this kid. I like this family. I want this movie to end happily. And the ending to this movie isn't false. It's just a little too easy, I think.
2: Mm. Okay, so how would you change it? Oh, you'd give him amnesia?
0: Yeah, I I w- I would want him to wake up with amnesia. I want there to be some stakes. It's not that he needs to suffer, it's not that the movie needs a cruel ending, but I mean, if you're going to establish that going back in time will probably probably result in death or and or vaporization, <laughs> at least have it that he gets back and he doesn't know quite who he is. So maybe maybe he becomes I don't know, like maybe the family's like, you know, David, what why don't you remember us and, you know, and I don't know. I think I think the ending could have been dealt with a little bit better it just it feels way too distant especially with the ship flying overhead and hey, bye davy you know <laughs> it's just it's too easy like at least like if this is science fiction at least like allow you know allow some of the the darker ideas from the first act to, to get in there it can't all be like you know fireworks and rainbows and puck marins.
2: i i disagree i think the ending's perfect <laughs> Well, you know what, I think it, it kind of shows, a, you know, to be grateful for what you have and that his family and his brother, you know, they're not as bad as he was thinking that they were. And he kind of had this negative, you know, attitude about them and life and everything. And this kind of showed him that he really does have it all, you know, so.
0: Here's another thing I thought about though, watching it the other day, this alternate you know world because what happens of course is that he goes back in time you know and then everything that we just saw erased essentially right? right and he's the only one that's aware of that but the thing is this alternate world that we were you know which is the, the 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 second half of the movie where his parents have been suffering for 8 years and raising the older the the other brother alone for 8 years and you know Sarah Jessica Parker has had her mind rotting with MTV for 8 years like that all goes away and like how awful because I want that family to be rewarded in some way, because instead it's just like it all vanishes. They're
2: rewarded; they don't have to suffer. Like,
0: kid, get off the spaceship and live a few years in this world, because like they've been waiting for you for so long. Yeah,
2: but when he goes back, that's all gone. They weren't; they never had to suffer.
0: I don't know. I, I don't. I think that's a rotten way to to treat those characters, honestly. Just to have all that just vanish and disappear like that.
2: Yeah, he. Erased their suffering, and there's no reward
0: to it. It's like, okay, like David, you know, maybe he says, "Hey, Dad, I think you should invest in this thing called MTV." <laughs> wink, wink.
2: He should have got the almanac. Hey Dad,
0: <laughs> there's this band called Twisted Sister. We need to buy Twisted Sister T-shirts and start selling them. If you know what I mean.
2: Yeah, he gets the almanac, and they start. Dad, I think Ronald Reagan races.
0: might become president in the 80s. I'm just saying. I know he's an actor, but I think I think we can go to Vegas well, with that. Well,
2: okay. The ending of the movie, we only with the parents for like three minutes. I know, like at least,
0: I don't know, at least do something. It just doesn't do enough with this. Because I agree with you, the 78, 86 time difference, like it just doesn't do enough with it. Um, You know, and I don't know that Disney even knew what to do with it, because again, this is at a time when the company didn't really have much of an identity. I mean, The Great Mouse Detective came out at the same time as this movie. And I love that film. And I think it's like kind of the start of the return but this is the company coming off years of like Condor Man and the Black Cauldron and the Watcher in the Woods. So, yeah, I, I just feel like the ending should have been the, the whole second and third act of the movie should have been a lot stronger.
2: Okay. Well.
0: So, three stars for me.
2: Wow. That's still good, though.
0: Yeah, it's a good movie. It's even a great movie at times, but yeah. I, I do think it's not quite.
2: So, watch it with your kids and mute the bad words. When the spaceship is about to leave, and Howard Hessman is running down the stairs,
0: and he's going, "Mother," hit hit the mute button. You know, what Howard Hessman, like you know, learn from Joe Pesci. If Joe Pesci, the king of the F word, can go "Raja, Raja, Raja" in in *Home Alone*, why couldn't Howard Hessman? Well, he's not
2: as good of an actor as Joe Pesci. This is true. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, Well, I've learned something. That concludes our take on *Flight of the Navigator*.